0: Welcome to another episode of the RN Mentor Podcast. I'm super excited to be joined today by Dr. Marqueta Hoskova. Uh, she is the ANAC, American Nurses Association, California uh, Executive Director. Uh, she started the, in the ANAC as a volunteer, being so passionate about nursing policy and politics. Dr. Hoskova, was later named the ANAC Government Affairs Director and State Director. In October t- 2017, Dr. Huskova was named the Executive Director for ANAC. Dr. Huskova was born under the Communist regime in then Czechoslovakia and immigrated to the United States to pursue her American dream. While the Communist regime did not allow her to attend the university, she earned a dual bachelor's in nursing and political science and women's studies at CSU San Marcos. She also completed a dual track and completed her master's in global public health administration and regional development at the University of Miami. Dr. Vizcoba, completed her doctoral studies at the University of San Francisco and obtained a doctorate in nursing practice in executive leadership of healthcare systems. Dr. Vescova was actively involved in a number of political campaigns in the U.S. and in Europe and received internship and later fellowships at the office of the vice president of the European Parliament and served as a political advisor in, in the Czech Republic and the U.S., Dr. Huskova is a member of several state, national, and global professional organizations and served on several boards with them. Welcome to the show, Dr. Huskova.
1: Thank you very much. I love the introduction. I'm I'm exhausted just listening to it. <laughs> I, appre- I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm so uh, happy to be here.
0: I appreciate you keeping your bio <laughs> short. I'm sure there's a lot more to it. Uh, uh, some of the ones I get are a doozy, so... Uh, <laughs> Half the show is spent on the bio. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, So thank you for being here. Uh, I'll start with my first question with all of my guests is how did you get started? How did you decide the nursing profession was the way you're going to be moving forward?
1: Well, I think that in, a, in in first grade, still then in Czechoslov- Czechoslovakia, we were still a socialistic republic. And uh, I went to first grade and I remember as it was yesterday, the teacher asked, can you draw what you want to be? And like the boys around me, right, were drawing I do astronaut or president or something. I draw this very awful stick figure, <laughs> <laughs> but she had like red cross at <laughs> <and> the bonnet. <laughs> So she was asking me, "What exactly is this?" Oh, and then there was like a little sticky figure, like in her, uh, uh, like on her arm. And so she was asking me, "What exactly is this?" And I was like, "Well, this is a pediatric nurse, and this is a little baby." So I'm going to oh be a pediatric God. nurse. And so when she looked at those stick figures, I think there was this horror in her eyes. But 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 she understood <laughs> that I meant to help people. Uh, so uh, so yeah, it was the in the first grade, and I never. Um, never deviated from my plan because um, while I was born and I still I grew up and did my schooling under a communistic regime I always knew that if I emigrate if I leave my country illegally, I will be able to look after myself, I'll be able to pay my bills and look after my family, and also I will be helping people. It's been always part of my DNA. I wanted to help people. I always knew that I was strong and I was a strong advocate. I didn't even know what that meant. But then looking back, I realized that I stood up and I spoke out and I never um I, I was never silent or quiet when some injustices were happening happening in school. So That was just, that is just part of my DNA. And seeing my home country of now Czech Republic being used and misused and abused and violated and invaded. um, I think we all have it in our DNA that we stand up for what is right. And we advocate on behalf of those who cannot advocate for themselves. And so then when I continue in my nursing journey, it was always that I was always advocating and speaking up on behalf of my patients, or on behalf of their families, or on behalf of my colleagues, and so so when I was studying politics and they were talking about this political advocacy and I kept asking, so when do you do that for like nurses? Like where do you do it? Oh, you people don't do it. Like uh-huh. you know you you are you are not involved in politics. You know you are taking care of people, and I kept thinking. I don't think that's right I mean, there <laughs> should be there should be a forum where we should be doing this and so i always told the story how Uh, when I was working in a regional community hospital in the San Diego area, and uh, after several years of me asking these questions, this fantastic nursing faculty from a local community area, she kind of heard that there's this nurse who keeps asking about policy and advocacy, and so she sought me out, and she goes, you know, there is this organization in Sacramento. They're called American Nurses Association, and I think that's what you're looking for. You need to go Mm. to Sacramento, and you need to go ask them, so I hopped on a Southwest flight i flew to sacramento <laughs> i knocked on the door of anac in 2013 and i said i want to help what can i do <laughs> and that's how my journey that's how my journey started so so it was um the passion and um the willingness to stand up for what is right and to advocate and educate and influence the decision makers um, we advocate and educate and influence decision makers every day of our of our professional career, yeah. and then, as the number one trusted profession for past what twenty two years. Um, we use our voices and our expertise and our transferable skills to advocate and educate and influence people in a community. So to take those very same skills and to take them in a policy and politics arena, it's way easier than be advocating with you know, colleagues, physicians, right? That you know, right. political arena is way easier. And I think that that's one of the barriers that nurses that we feel that we are not prepared and we don't have the skills, we do we are so prepared and we so have the skills because look at me, you have to pick up a couple of skills as you go, but, but the basics, the core of my values, yeah. it's all nursing through and through.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think you, you hit on a, on a key point here where you're the core values that nursing has, which is uh, caring for humanity. Right. I think that's at the, hopefully that's at the root of all of the work that we're doing. Um, and, and I think a lot of it is driven by that, but We'll talk about some skills because I know, I know, uh, especially with AMA, California, you have workshops for people who want to build Ooh. those skills, but we'll get <laughs> to that. We'll get to that. Um, uh, but I want to touch on another point. You are, you came to the U S uh, as an immigrant, um, mm-hmm. a, a, as I did, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was young. My mom brought me over when I was like 12 years old. Um, and, uh, uh, but I think how much of your. Um, of the work that you're doing now, do you think was driven by the fact that you came from uh, um, a, a, a communist regime, or or or, a, or an area where uh, there was there was sort of like an oppressive regime where you weren't able to do everything, and human rights weren't always up to par, sort of say of what what the nations may have considered that needs to happen? How much of your work do you think? Is, is driven by that. I.
1: I think that my initial answer was absolutely 100%. It's through and through. It's who I am. That's how I carry on uh, myself in my personal life and in my professional life. And uh, but but maybe I don't know. Maybe 90, but 90%. But I really think that my upbringing and uh, me being part of as a as a kid, as a nursing student, being part of the Velvet Revolution in my country, where. Uh, where changes changes came around, finally political changes came around and, and I was the one, I was 18 years old and I was the one advocating and I was the one standing up to, you know, to back then to the hospital administration and I was pointing at them and I was saying, you cannot be here, you did these awful crimes, you cannot be in leadership positions anymore and I said, look, we're all here, right, all the nurses, we're all here and then I looked behind me and there was nobody. And I was just thinking how can you like let me go by myself and then I realized it because I was young I had all these ideals and I had nothing to lose Mm -hmm. but what could they do like right I was you know I just finished my nursing school I was just applying for my new job and but but families and mothers and fathers with the right with um, with bills and responsibilities and what the communistic regime did is that they would punish me for speaking out but they would punish my family they would punish my sister my sister would not be admitted to school and then my grandma would not get health care right so yeah. so the the, the punishment the, the the range of punishment for stepping on the system was severe but I thought they cannot do anything to me I didn't even think what could happen to anybody else but then when I saw my colleagues who had little kids and they wanted their kids to get to schools right and they wanted to study you know uh, their ability to speak out against the wrong thing was severely limited and that's where I realized that that's that's the power I have and that's the huge benefit that I have that I don't have to worry about about my family to be looked after. And I think that no matter what issue, no matter how difficult or controversial the issues are in California politics and policy, and we know we have many, it's nothing compared to where I came from and right. what the what the repercussions would be and what the punishment would be and so I got my punishment because they didn't I was not allowed to continue my studies and I was not allowed to be admitted to the university so you know, but then but then thankfully the regime was ending and um, by speaking out against it and by Uh, uniting and motivating people when I was 18 and 19 I realized the enormous power I have when 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 I'm very passionate about something and when I truly believe in it and I think that I do I am like the work at ANAC, what we do Um, anytime I am invited to a presentation or to podcast, like the passion is absolutely palpable for me. And that's why I am able to bring fantastic people to do the work with me. That's why we can do so many fantastic uh, programs and projects such exactly with you, what we did the several panel discussions, because we all believe very strongly in what it is, and and you know, and people in our office like Jared and Chelsea and Teresa and Namakida. Uh, only one of them is a nurse; the rest of them are non-nurses. And I so motivated them and inspired them that they think they're nurses. You know what I mean? <laughs> because we have this power, and I don't like to be using "oh, nursing nurses, nursing is superpower." I don't believe that that's how it should be. But but we do have enormous power and enormous. Um, Position in society and in American society, uh, huge privilege, and we have a huge platform. And when we're talking about advocacy, not just nursing, patient advocacy, and not just for our profession, but public health, social determinants of health, right? Uh, food security, shelter, illiteracy, right? Those are all things that no matter how you look at it, it, it has something to do with public health and with yeah. with health. And I saw where I came from. So I saw um, how, what oppression does to people. And obviously my oppression was very different than some of our minorities in California oppression, but still I understand what oppression is because I was oppressed, my nation was oppressed. And so while I do have privilege of being white and European and now thanks to America Educated, I am very aware of how complicated and difficult it is to be standing up and speaking out if you don't have the support or if you don't have the skills and the knowledge and I think that's why that's what we are trying to do at ANAC so it all comes from who I am it all comes from my family my dad uh, during During the Velvet Revolution, I was doing, you know, um, little demonstration and politics and standing up in our hospitals. And my dad then became the mayor of our city. And then he was part of the regional government. And so it's always been, we've always been part of political system and we've always been part of political changes. And you lose friends along the way, you lose family members, you lose some relationships, but if you're standing for what is right, you know it is what it is right this is yeah. this is what you have to do because you have to speak up for people who cannot speak up for themselves it's really easy to stamp on people who cannot speak for themselves yeah but only the strongest of us you know this is our responsibility and this is our moral obligation and that's yeah. the nursing enormous nursing courage which is core of me
0: yeah i get that um, and this I guess this this conversation kind of comes in t- timely with uh, what's going on in the world right now, um, and not to get into the specifics of the politics of politics of the world that's going on right now. Uh, I know like the uh, I see through social media and I see through conversations with people, uh, uh, people taking sides and how much do you think, well, I shouldn't say, how much do you think? what do you think is the right, or maybe the more appropriate approach because so many people's thoughts and ideas today are driven by new, uh, like American news, the social media. It's influence on based on that and not necessarily always on historical context or uh, what the, you know, it's a lot of it is driven by what they hear and what they see in social media or regular news, which is, you know, neither right or wrong, but how can, what do you think people can do to become more informed before they take that stand as far as where they're going to uh, kind of put their opinion or put like their flag into the ground?
1: I think the moment you're educated about the basics of if, you know, we're strictly talking about political process, the moment you realize who has influence and why, because it's all money driven. And so, right, if you don't have PAC political action committee, or if you are not wealthy organization that then is supporting political candidates with large sums of money, which American political system allows um, for, for, not those uh, players it's it's a little bit harder and yeah. so it's what is really important is to stay true to your moral compass and stay true to the core values and if we are speaking for anac you know those are our core values integrity honesty advancement of the profession of nursing and you know and, and improve our and improving our communications and i think that uh, also that that is one thing Another thing what I learned from our uh, extraordinary lobbyist, Roxanne Gould, um, every time we would be going to the state capitol for meetings with elected officials, I was very strong initially when, you know, I was going with like 2015, 2016. I was very strong on my arguments why they should or shouldn't support or oppose this very, a very specific bill and I was very strong on my arguments, and this is what I have to tell you, and this is why I'm right. And Roxanne would be standing there, and she goes, as strong as you are on your arguments, you have to be aware what are the arguments of the other side, and you have to have explanation and education why they're wrong. But you do not say they're wrong, you just say, I understand, and I appreciate your point of view. However, the studies show, evidence based shows, right? So she said you should never just look at the one one side. You should always be asking. So what is the other side? Where is the other side seeing it? And why is it that we are at a position where we are today? Yeah. And you know, speaking of um, you know issues, um, conflicts in in the world. Um, I spent six weeks in, in Czech Republic with my mom after her surgery this summer. And um, there were several conflicts happening right at the very border of Europe. And now we have another conflict in uh, in the Middle East and Europeans are scared. Yeah. Europeans are terrified and Europeans are scared. And when you kind of look at their political systems and their level of education and who has the money, who is supporting very specific... Um, sides of the conflict that's where you get to okay we really need to go back to first grade and we yeah. really start need to teach our children to think differently and to yeah. critically think, right? I think that's what AMC, like is trying really to do, <laughs> right? Critical <laughs> yeah. thinking. So yeah. and I think I think state of California is trying to do something, something very similar, you know, in terms of critical thinking. And and when you get the information, know what is misinformation, what, what is disinformation, where is it that you're gonna find the source, and yeah. you're not citing Wikipedia in your academic papers. Yeah. But um, but but the governor, governor Newsom just signed a bill, Assembly Bill 873. And that is is requiring schools to do media literacy training, so students can spot misinformation from questionable online sources. The fact that we have to put it in our uh, educational curriculum is (laughs) somewhat troubling to me yeah at least i appreciate that that's one of the issues that we are trying to do because what what else can we do we have to start with the children we have to teach them right yeah and 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 and,
0: and i appreciate that because me coming from you know especially what's what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. right now um being uh being from the middle east uh, raised in, you know, till I was 12, I was in in, in Iran for, for uh, well, not the whole time, about six years of my mm-hmm. life, I was in Iran. Um, but I remember uh, how the current conflict between um, Israel and Palestine was portrayed, then I had the opportunity and privilege to learn more about that conflict in the US. So I see both sides, I get it and it's hard for me because i i sympathize with both sides like both sides are kind of excuse my language on it's a public podcast but uh <laughs> but both sides are kind of are getting screwed here uh, just because of i think you know um all the extra hands that have been in the pot all these years that have stirred the pot and like neither side is in a winning situation uh and it's just kind of gotten to the point where I think that uh, the, this kind of, like, I see the stuff that's that's on the news. I see the stuff uh, that's that gets pushed from both sides, because both especially sides. on social, mm-hmm. social media, like I'm looking at Middle Eastern news mm-hmm. outlets. I'm looking mm-hmm. at American news outlets, and they're showing both sides. But when people choose, as you mentioned, to look mm-hmm. at just one side mm-hmm. and not pay attention to what's going on, not that it makes any of the atrocities or the terrorism or anything like that, Any any better or worse? um, I think it's important for us, even from a political perspective, to have what you mentioned, have the understanding at least of the other points of view, because it only uh, helps to educate ourselves uh, when we when we look and we speak about what we think is the truth, right? Because there's always multiple multiple perspectives on the truth. Um, So I I think it's very important, and I appreciate uh, California kind of taking that. That that piece forward with with uh, with media uh, with media training of what you know how do people how can people look at yeah. stuff because I see stuff people people are posting stuff and I'm like I know that stuff is like ten years old or 50 yeah. or five mm-hmm. years old and they're showing it as if it happened yesterday. I agree like, that's with not you. Even, mm-hmm. That's not even true. So so I can see how people can you know uh, get those kind of blinders on and, and and anyway my heart goes out to 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 everybody who's who's been losing. Uh, loved ones and is uh, living under those conditions so so i appreciate that um back to your uh, let's get back to your story um so how did you decide for example you are going to how did you decide you're going to get into the role of being the executive director for uh for a and a california i know you started out as a volunteer yeah but I <laughs> I'm assuming, I'm assuming it wasn't the goal to be the executive director. Uh, how did you, how did you decide, like you were going to take, you know, you're going to keep going with your educational journey and get into the role of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a rather influential role or the, I mean, you're, you're part of the, you're the executive director for ANA California representing, what is it like over 500,000 nurses? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so, how, how did you decide you this was going to be the role you're going to be stepping into?
1: Well, um, I think that when I was when I was getting uh, my my bachelor's in in political science at uh, Cal State San Marcos, which by the way was absolutely fantastic university, and I was so lucky to be there. Um, it was um, the the pressure towards. Um, my academic uh, career was that you have to study nursing you just have to stay you have to stay true to nursing and nurses you have to study nursing and I was thinking I've already studied nurses I already have 20 years of experience I've Mm -hmm. already been certified pediatric nurse I've been nurse anesthetist I am working right in in San Diego area so I don't think so I think that if I want to be effective at bringing about and implementing political sustainable change Mm
0: -hmm. I need
1: to study the political system and I need to study the system of administration administration because i know nursing i just don't know how how it relates to all the other um industries and 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 how different decisions are being made and so back then i kept saying i need to be not at like the intersection i need to be at the trisection of healthcare and nursing management and administration and politics and political will and political knowledge and political acumen. And so I felt that I have to figure out my education in terms that then I am, at some position, I don't know what position, but I will be taking my nursing and healthcare, considerable experience, uh, my uh, know-how and my acumen in terms of management and administration and very specific skills in terms of politics and policy. So the fact I told you, I didn't know that ANAC even existed. So when I finally got here, all I wanted to do, I just wanted to be working in policy. It never occurred to me that I could be named the executive director, never. And, you know, and like something, 2013, 2014, somebody from Czech Republic, they came to me and they said, Marketa, you're educated, you're experienced, we need you to run for a seat in European Parliament. My immediate reaction was, oh my god, me, oh, of course I can't, I am not educated, I don't know enough about, but oh my god, I can't. And then I said, hey, why can I do that? I mean, I keep telling always nurses that we need to be running for a political office and we need to be, you know, involved in in the policy or political sphere. And now they come to me and first thing I say, oh, my God, I can't. So I'm thinking, no, 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 no. I need to rethink my approach and I need to really step in the sphere where where I can actually make a difference. So while I didn't think because I lived in, in 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 California and I've had family here I didn't want to go back to Europe and and you know and serve in European Parliament but I thought this is exactly the route I want to be doing um, And if I'm not the elected official, I have to be educating them because my dad was elected official, my friends were elected officials so I know what they know and I also know what they don't know. And so I thought, if I want to be helpful in a political process, that's why I love politics and everybody hates it. I get it. I just love politics. And so I thought I can be in a, in a, in a sphere where I can educate them and influence them, it never occurred to me that I would be leading this organization doing exactly this. But um, but I think that I was maybe like two years volunteering at the office here at ANA California, and uh, and I was um, paying my uh, my rent from my savings from 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 previous years, and so it just kind of came about where uh, restructuring changes uh, changes came around when uh, there was a new board uh, elected. And after restructuring and reorganizing, I think the then the board was looking at. You know, we need to have somebody in California. California nurse needs to be doing it. And look, Marqueta is educated, and Marqueta has done this. And she actually have been working in political campaigns. I was running political campaign here in California, and the elected official got elected in the state capitol. And so I, I I always thought I'm always very grateful that they. A chance on me, and it's not like I was educated and I was prepared, but still, this is a a huge role. And I have to tell you, I should not be even saying these things out loud, but I keep always talking, I'm truth, (laughs) and I keep saying things. And but I have to tell you that this is my sixth year in a role of executive director, or now late they just changed my title into CEO, but I'm still doing obviously, you know, my position, but only last two years. I feel that I'm no longer imposter. Mm. And it was brutal and brutal. I don't have any other word for it. It was brutal. All right, seriously, like last year and a half, I feel like I got this. <laughs> I really got this. And 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 even when I looked before, we did a fantastic job. We, we grew the organization by leaps and bounds. We've... Uh, quadrupled our programs we quadrupled our staff so it's not that we were not doing anything before but the very awful feeling of imposter syndrome oh my god alive and well it was brutal and I kept thinking why do I have it and every nursing colleague of mine I spoke about and I was just what would you do if you were in this position they're like oh my god I would feel like I don't know what I'm doing Every single nurse, highly educated, all my colleagues. right? So I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'm in a good company, but it's time, (laughs) I am no longer an imposter. (laughs) But I think, I I don't think it's just me. Uh, We don't have that many nurses. Uh, yeah, these, as you said, thank you, influential positions. Uh, I work with uh, California Hospital Association. And so BJ Battleson, uh, she retired. So now there is Sherry Lowe. I think she's a non-nurse, but doing. Um, she's vice president for nursing services. And uh, and I think it was a huge a learning curve for her, but she's doing incredible work and she's marvelous nursing nursing advocate. I work with ACNL, with Dr. Kimberly Long, and, uh, and she was the CEO of a hospital, so, so she had way different experience than when I stepped into my role. And then I work with Health Impact with Dr. Kara Chan, who is you know another incredible human being and highly educated nurse. And so, um, if I don't know something, I have colleagues who I go to and who I ask because part of growing up and part of maturing was that it's okay not to know something but even at this level in this position but people know that I lead with passion and I lead with truth and people know that if I don't know I'll ask so I am not making mistakes I am not putting my organization in jeopardy and we do the incredible work that we've been doing. So I always go to my colleagues, but I am telling you, imposter syndrome—it's finally dead, dead, dead inside me. But <laughs> I have to tell you, <laughs> it was brutal.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, there's so many times like you know, uh, you bring up a really good point. And by the way, before I forget, uh, I'm going to plug in Dr. Long and Dr. Chan because they've both been on the podcast. Oh, okay, and both, wonderful. And, and then they're both incredible people, and I, and I know them both, uh, both well. <laughs> Um, so I appreciate you bringing them up um, because they really are, and they're, they're truly mentors. Uh, they really are truly mentors. Um, but but moving on to uh, you know the idea of uh, imposter syndrome, I think I, I I'm not at the point. I for certain things I can say I don't have it, but for other things it's very much alive and well. Uh, so it depends on the situation yep. for me. It's very situational. Uh, so uh, anytime somebody asks if I can step into some new mm-hmm. uh, uh, project or something like that, I'm like, I know I can do it. But but that little, I've never done it before or I've never, so yeah. uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations on killing your <laughs> imposter in- you. syndrome. Thank you, I killed
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> and and you oh. know you know you know where it where it actually also came from because i've been mentoring people ever I, I didn't even have a job here i didn't even have a position because we didn't have a budget and i was already mentoring people i didn't even view it as mentoring yeah. people came to me they wanted to they they were interested in policy and politics usually for masters right msn usually for for their projects and so and and so i think that we have a we have a we just hired a new policy aide uh, Makita Trainum, she's master prepared registered nurse. So we just hired her two weeks ah, ago for ANAC. She reached out to me in 2015 or 2016 when she was doing her master's and she interviewed me because she was interested in policy and politics nice. and we 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 stayed in touch. Then she went through our fellowship program, then she went through the national fellowship program and when the time came, perfect timing. You know, so who are we going to hire? It has to be a nurse and, you know, he or she needs to work in policy and politics. Boom. Right. Oh, so, uh, so, so I've done so many interviews and I've talked to so many masters or, or, or DNP students and they look at me that I am the mentor, but I am telling you, right, for the longest time, I felt that I was the imposter. But when I was talking to these students, I felt I got this right i know what i'm talking about i am good at this this is right this is my sphere of expertise i am really good at this and i can motivate and inspire and educate people and get them excited about policy and politics and thanks to all those students i felt yeah i'm no longer an imposter i am right. really right i am really standing on my own two feet and leading the organization and serving the profession of nursing, and 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 that's where I finally killed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's important. I mean, somebody with your with your number of years of experience yeah. uh, and education for you to feel like that it's only natural. You know what I, what I'm more concerned about? People who really who are starting out but don't have that imposter yeah. syndrome. That worries me. That uh, worries that, me too. So <laughs> so <that's, laughs> if somebody's brand new like straight out of the gate and they're like uh, uh I don't have that. I'm like, "Hmm." That's a red flag for me right there. So uh,
1: I absolutely agree with you. And I'm uh, telling you, like right now, my mom is in Czech Republic, but right now she is she has a hiccup and she doesn't know why, because I'm telling you the fact that I said it out loud that I had this important syndrome. My mom will kill me at home. You should have never (laughs) said it.
0: (laughs) That's funny. Um, So I want to I want to touch touch one more thing uh uh one more topic with you before mm-hmm. I watch before we get into really the work of ANA California, which you've been leading for several years. Um I want to ask about um policy and politics because I very much believe in the fact that nursing is political, whether you like it or not, nursing is political. Um uh, how do you how do you see us doing a better job as a profession? To get more nurses engaged in the world of policy and politics, because I think I'm not, and I'm, not and I'm not talking about policy and politics where they sit on social media and they put stuff out. That's not what I'm talking about. But how do they actually engage in? policy that turns into uh, laws and regulations, where there's dollars associated, where it has some teeth that can actually make impactful change? Where do you think we're falling short as a profession? Because even when we look at ANA, the big, the the mothership of uh, American Nurses Association, only, I think it's something like 400,000 members out of 4 million nurses out there that are engaged with the primary organization, which is Directly linked to policy and regulations and things like that. Um, where are we falling short, and what does nursing need to do better in helping our uh, student nurses and our and our nurses overall be more engaged in this world?
1: Oh wow! This is this is the right. This is the most important question. This is the core core issue and core question that we have in trying to bring more nurses in the sphere of politics and policy um you know for my for my dnp project uh with my advisor dr katie waxman um I she's look, also
0: been on the show i know that <laughs> i know
1: uh, uh she was instrumental in me you know dnp project i want to change the world and so she kept telling me you cannot change the world you cannot change california you need to right so i kind of when i narrowed on my on my project i wanted to see when was it at what was the first um, intro that nurses or nursing students had to the importance of politics and policy? And it was Katie who was telling me, you should not be focused on the word politics so much because it could be uh, it could be off-putting, um, right, it could bring up barriers, it could bring up um, aversion. So I spoke a lot of about nursing and policy. Uh-huh. And, and 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 through my project, I found that the first time nurses would hear the first how nursing is political because, oh, my God, that should be written in every nursing school above right above the entry <laughs> um, because uh, so it was master's MSM students. That was the first time that nurses heard and learned about the importance of politics or policy on nursing and the role nurses could and should play inside the world of politics and policy. And it was shocking to me, right? Like at at the second year masters, Right, that yeah. was like eighty percent of the people I I, I surveyed, eighty percent told me that it was it was at the master level. And I'm thinking, so what is the percentage of master prepared registered nurses? Is it fifteen percent or eighteen percent, maybe something like that? And yeah. I apologize Fairly. if I have
0: Something fairly low, like that. but it's yeah. fairly low. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I, I remember that, you know, when I was writing my, my paper, it was somewhere around 15%. So let's say 18%, but that's not enough. If we have now ANA says that we have 5.1 or 5 million registered nurses, and if we have even 18% of master's prepared nurses, it's still really small percentage of what right. we need in everyday policy arena. So I thought, ha! Huh, so it has to be before. So it has to be at the baccalaureate or at the community level. And when when I kept asking my colleagues and friends um, confidentially, because nobody were to speak on record, when I kept asking them, do you teach it? And if yes, fantastic. If not, why? Yeah. I've always heard that I don't know enough about the subject, I would be terrified that I'm going to say something and students will ask me and I will not have the answer. Uh. And I could absolutely understand the conundrum uh, where half the time I was terrified, right? You know, half the time I was terrified if I didn't have the right answer that people would view me as incompetent and, and would be questioning, you know, my work at ANAC. So I absolutely understand the fear, but also nobody actually knew that there is ANA and ANAC, yeah. and this is what we do. We are 501c6 lobbyist political organization. Why don't you reach out to us and we can, right? We can give you talking points or we can give you, uh, we can record a presentation. And so, when I kept asking like that, this is when my, when my colleagues and friends were inviting uh, me to do presentation for their schools or for their nursing programs. So that's what I've been doing over the last five years. And I absolutely loved it. And the fact that I could drive somewhere and visit these nursing school and nursing it was incredible. And then COVID hit and we went on Zoom and it's just madness. But it is what it <laughs> is. So, and I know that uh, four years ago, I was invited to this community college and I uh, and I kept asking them, so do you know what the Institute of Medicine report is? And they go, "Uh uh-huh. I'm thinking, wow. Then next week, I was invited in a baccalaureate program, and I said, so do you know what the Institute of Medicine report is? No, never heard it, don't know what you're talking about. So that's where I realized it doesn't, the level of academic progression at this very stage doesn't matter. It should be part of nursing education. Yeah. and well you know sorry but that goes to you then <laughs> The ball and it's in your court and I don't know how to I don't know how to change it because I know that there is policy class but also you know when I attended different nursing programs and when I asked them what 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 course did you invite me to come in? Some was leadership, uh, some was professional development. And a couple of times I was invited into the policy, policy course for the semester. And they were discussing insurances and they were discussing you know, healthcare systems, which yeah. I understand that is important, but that is not really what nursing policy is about or should not be, right? Yeah. We should also be talking about the incredible role we have. And uh, again, the privilege uh, position uh, of influence In our society that when we talk about something when we tell them that this is really important and 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 this is why people listen and i don't think we have i don't think we have capitalized on this enormous political capital like everybody would give almost anything to have this political capital and we still leave it underutilized yeah and so one way right what we can do is through ANAC that we have our advocacy institute we have you know every year we have fellows we're trying to um, do different campaigns right Uh, Jared at our office Jared Fessler calls it campaigns but those are like little different programs different webinars seminars we just we just need to be talking about it more but But even when we talk about it, there still has to be the tie back to, right? So then what is the step that you and you and you, what is the step that you're gonna make to advance the profession of nursing? And many times I hear back, what the heck are you doing? Because it's public podcast. What the heck are you doing in politics? nursing should not be about politics. Nursing should be, we should just be giving care to everybody and we shouldn't care about anything else. And I'm always thinking like, whoever told you that, right? Yeah. Because nursing is inherently political. And just when I say, what is it that you can and cannot do? Um, you know, at the bedside as a nurse in your profession, who decides that? Yeah. And many times the answer is BRN or the hospital association or the hospital. And so when I tell them, no, actually, it's the California state elected officials. It's not even the federal government. It's the California state officials that are sitting right from our office across two, two blocks. Um, they go, oh, my God, we didn't you know that? that that's all it takes. For yeah. nurses to realize, oh my God, that's why we have to be part of the part of the sphere. That's why. Yeah. It takes and, me and, ten minutes, right? It's like it's really not that complicated or that difficult. I shouldn't yeah, be saying it out loud, or I'm not going to have a job. But uh, it's it's really about motivating and educating people.
0: Yeah, and most people don't realize, and and you know that's something actually I, when I teach uh, actually any of my courses, I try to put in like uh, politics and policies and into the works of it. Uh, and it's one thing that uh, most people don't understand. Like you're concerned about health, health insurance, homelessness, yeah. uh, drug, alcohol abuse, whatever you want it's anything you want to, you want to uh, think about. It all comes back to policies that have been set, whether a yeah. hundred years ago it was, or it was mm-hmm. signed into law yesterday, okay. right? Everything is policy. Everything is policy-driven. Change is policy-driven. Absolutely. Uh, if there's no policy, it's not happening, right? Because there's it's no dollars. There's no dollars associated with it. Um, and, and that, and that's one of the things I try to emphasize with with my students, and they don't always think of it that way. But uh, until, and that's why uh, it's important for them to realize. Uh, and it's one of the reasons I do this podcast is like to kind of grow. Uh, You know, a lot of my, I use this in my classes and a lot of, I know there's several universities that use this podcast uh, in their coursework. And that's why I always say, uh, uh, um, you know, we need to open up the eyes of our uh, students at the very beginning uh, of the program. Like I was talking to uh, master's students that I I was mentoring um, and I was talking about exactly what you just mentioned, the Institute of Medicine report, and she has never heard of it. I'm like it was. It's been. It came out oh, in 2010, God. 2010. It came out, and they've never heard of it. And and that's. I think that's it. That's sh- that's shameful on our part as a profession, that we st- we have we continue to have people who have never heard of this, and, and it's shameful uh, that that I would say something like that. That my the, the student uh, that would say never heard of it. Oh, like well, let yeah. me let, let me tell sense, you. Let, yeah, me, let, tell let you me tell, tell about you about, about it and how how, how crucial is it. it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, so I and this, these agree. are
0: masters level people. So, but you're, you're right. But I'm, I bet you there's doctoral prepared people that probably haven't heard of it either. No. Um,
1: yeah. I had actually. I had um, uh, associate faculty at at one um, doctoral program at at a university here in California, and so you know they emailed me and asked me can you give me some information i said of course i i never say no of course that's why i'm here um we serve our members and non-members so i'm always here to give information and always help and support so so i brought them back uh thank you for your question the Legi- california legislative session is a two-year session the session starts you know like in january and so let's see what year can be what 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 let's see what the bill will do in the second year of the session. And they kept coming back. What do you mean second year of the session? And I said, and they were teaching policy. And I said, well, because, right, it's like, you know, two year session. So this is the first year now, this is the... What do you mean second year like what do you mean two-year bills and I'm thinking so of course I educated them that's not the issue the issue is that that uh, professor was teaching right doctoral level policy course and I felt that is somewhat problematic and that yeah. is very sad on our part yeah. but if you don't know what you don't know how can you how exactly. can you educate exactly and so I, I was glad that they asked me, and I was glad that 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 I could help. And now I send them updates. So it, I, I'm I, I want to make sure that that's not to put somebody down. That that's not why I shared it, and I don't share any identifiers. But it's just simply to say that even people at very high end positions don't sometimes know or realize the important that's yeah. the importance we have inside politics and policy.
0: And I, and I think, from a faculty perspective, so many faculty are put into roles without necessarily the experience. You know, they're, they're handed a syllabus and a book and say, "Go teach it." And especially if if the accrediting bodies are not worried about certain courses of who's teaching and who's not teaching it, it turns out like you know they may have been that person who got caught with the syllabus and the book. Uh, yep. so they may not know so i th- i think but i think as a profession, we need to do a lot better job as to Agreed. uh teaching teaching our our nurses and getting them engaged in the world of policy and politics um uh, i we don't have that much time left i want to make sure that we talk about ana california and i'm so thankful for ana california because i'm going to plug in my my own uh veterans health campaign and i'm so grateful that you guys uh partnered with me on on that because i think it's uh, for me it's my passion project uh, Um, But I want to give a talk about ANA California and uh, the work it's doing, because I think it's so crucial to to um, to the nursing world, at least in California anyway. And hopefully other people are copying and pasting it into their own uh, states. Uh, So (laughs) if you want to talk about ANA California.
1: Yeah. No, everything would would I've been very kindly invited to, to be on your podcast. Everything what I I I've, I've been sharing with you from my personal or professional journey. That's those are all the core issues that that we are trying to improve or advance or change at ANAC. Um, it is uh, you know, based on my doctoral project, when we figure out that there it really is no in my in my gap analysis, it was very clear that in California we do not have any resources for nurses that they can learn more about why is it, you know, why is it that we are so crucial inside politics and policy and and how to go about it and, and how do you reach out to your elected official? So for my DNP project, I put together an ANAC public poly, no NAC public policy kit, public policy toolkit. And based on that toolkit, then we've developed ANAC Advocacy Institute. And so this is the third year when we have five fellows working on changing, actively changing policy in California and in nursing, we worked on issues of from mental health to be developing more our advocacy fellowship because we wanna have it a little bit um, wider reach. We wanna have more fellows. Um, we need to develop um, the structure of the program. So one of our fellows is working on that. We had two fellows work on racism in nursing and healthcare. Um, that is something that we will have a report out, I think spring 2024. We just- developed and just enacted racism in uh, racism in nursing academia work group so that is something that our policy fellow is working on we offer several of the nurses in media uh training sessions and, and and appointments because we think that uh that that in order for us to be effective, not just inside uh, state capital or district offices, but also the future of nursing. Twenty thirty recommendations clearly state that we should be uh, more involved in policy change at whatever level it is. So now they also include social media or podcasting or writing op-ed pieces or writing for various nursing or non or non-nursing um, uh, platforms such as nurse.org or nurse.com. Or, you know, whatever all those platforms are. Right. And so that is something that we are trying to develop uh, educated nurses in terms of policy and politics, educated or knowledgeable in terms of nurses in media, able to write not academic papers, but really op ed pieces or mm-hmm. really educational pieces for the public. Because when you look at it, it's, it's the public that then elects the public members right Right. to serve at our state capital there is still not one nurse There are like like three physicians and not one nurse right out of the 120 people at the at the California state capitol so so the the, these are the main programs that we are trying to achieve and change the policy through uh, having nurses educated and comfortable at talking about politics and policy and changing the actual policy at their institutions or at the
0: state capital level, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, and 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 for anybody, int- and I think I need to mention this because sometimes uh, uh, people I, I've seen on social media come out come out. So I just want to clarify: uh, American Nurses Association California is different than the California Nurses Association. California Nurses Association is. Uh, uh, is a union, labor, labor is, union. A, is a labor union mm-hmm. the american nurses association in california is a professional, professional, professional organization uh not the labor union because i know yeah. sometimes people get on social media and beat yes. up a uh, uh, and a california for no reason whatsoever uh I because agree. they don't know the difference so i need to put that out there before <laughs> yeah. anybody sends me any hate mail or or whatever so nothing wrong Thank with labor for- unions but i just want to clarify that the two yeah. are not the same um Thank you because for some are, that. some states are they are combined the labor union and the yes. uh, american nurses association of that state yes. are yes. one and the same california two separate organizations and uh, if
1: i if i may we used to be one and the same but then yes. in 1994 was the split and now there are two separate individual organizations yes uh
0: different different missions different different uh yeah uh, so I have to put that out there because I've seen on social media, once in a while, somebody jumps on and beats up in a California for a labor union issue. And I'm like, and I feel like I need to go on there and say, wrong, wrong one, wrong one. So yeah. so I appreciate that. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, I, I greatly appreciate your time. Um, but I, uh, I want to make sure that I, I know you're a busy person. Uh, so we have been uh, listening to uh, Dr. Marqueta Hoskova. Um, uh, she is the CEO, Executive Director, CEO of American Nurses Association, California. Uh, and I'm uh, very grateful for your support for for the Veterans Health Campaign that you, that you supported moving forward. And I'm very grateful for the work that you're doing for the state of California and the nurses within the state of California. So thank you so much. Thank uh, you very much. You've been listening to The RN Mentor with your host, Ali Tayeb. Please don't forget to visit www.aliartayip.com. That's www.aliartayip.com for podcast notes and resources. And don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, I wish you fair wins and following z's.